Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sketchfest. I am Chelsea. And I'm over here spectating this big-ass forehead. Look, don't talk about my forehead when your forehead has got equally as much hey, space. Look, I'm proportionate, you know, minus being all legs. But Look, am I The ladies heavy? like it. Do they? You should see me in a dress. I would love to. Nice little red dress. With the tights underneath? Uh, more of a fishnet, but oh, you know, ooh, yeah. even better. Anyway, um, what are we talking about today? We're talking about modern tattooing. Modern tattooing. Love to hear it. Um, if you guys don't know, because for some reason you're fake and you don't follow us on the internet, it's okay. Losers. It's okay. Uh, we'll forgive it, but you should do that right now. She will. I won't. <clears throat> Look, <laughs> I know you got years full of hate pent up in you. Okay, but keep it to yourself. <laughs> Just please chill out, killer. Anyway, if you don't follow us, you suck. But you would know if you did follow us that we are too. I I feel weird saying heavily tattooed because I feel like you're heavily tattooed. But I also have a lot of tattoos, but I don't feel like I'm heavily tattooed. I don't feel heavily tattooed ever. I feel like you are. I I don't feel like it, though. You know, isn't that weird? Because it's like somebody would look at me and be like, oh, tattooed. And I'm like, ah. I got so much fucking real estate left. I feel like it, 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 it'll never end. It'll never end. I don't know. Half and the time I forget I have half the tattoos I have. Yeah, honestly. and then it's funny because you just keep going for the face. I don't have much space left, you know? So just face it up. And you know what's funny? Those are the ones that I forget about the most. Isn't that weird? I always forget that I have a face tattoo as well. Um, I don't know, but it's a talking point for sure. <laughs> Unfortunately. Did that hurt? Did oh, that... God. Shut the fuck up. The worst every time. Like, just leave me alone, please. Honestly, like, can I just live my life in peace without having to talk about my tattoos? Unless you're the hot girl that I met at the bar last night, I will talk to you about my tattoos and give you advice on tattooers any day. Honestly, I want to relive that moment I met you. I forget what her name is. Don't forget though. to follow her, Trash Cat. You know, hit her up. Yeah, Trash Cat. <laughs> um anyway so we're going to talk about modern tattooing but i think it's important that we kind of address like old tattooing absolutely like, where it stemmed from and like how it has like i guess evolved into what it has today or at least the history of modern tattooing being the past 100 years and yeah so when it comes to tattooing i mean some of our like founding fathers really kind of paved the way for us and they really made it like so much easier to get tattooed and they like i mean when you think about it shit like sailor jerry right um so sailor jerry if you don't know who he is his name is norman keith collins and he was born in 1911 right died in 1973 but he uh did you know that he started the whole tattooing world, right? He got interested in it because as a child, he would hop freight trains across the country and he learned how to tattoo from a man named Big Mike from shout Alaska. Shout out Big Mike. Yeah, shout out Big Mike. Uh, so he learned how to do that from a tattooer named Big Mike in Alaska and they were using hand pricking, which I only assume is something along the lines of like stick and poke. Yep. Uh, but in the late 1920s, he met... Tats Thomas from Chicago who taught him how to use a machine. 
So he used to practice on drunks that he brought home from Skid Row, which is iconic. Fucking iconic. Kinky. <laughs> he, uh, he later sailed the Pacific Ocean before settling in Hawaii in the 1930s. But right. he contributed to tattooing by expanding the array of colors by developing his own pigments. So he created custom needle formations as well. And these embedded pigment with less trauma into the skin. And being in Hawaii during the 30s, that's when, world, you know, the mm -hmm. starting of World War II. Hawaii was a big naval area. Mm -hmm. That's where, you yeah, know, and that's a lot of funny. military. It's funny that you say that because... Um, he became one of the first artists that was utilizing single-use needles, so he already paved the way with like infection control there. Uh, but his tattoo studio was one of the first ones to use an autoclave as well, so he was already off to a really good start on uh, infection control. But the shop that he was working at in Hawaii was the only place where tattoos were available on the island. So, Well, and in big parts of the U.S., it was illegal for a long time. It was. Especially Ohio. Mm -hmm. It was really illegal in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was the time that I think it was Shanghai Kate yep. was tattooing. I have that kind of in my notes as well. But we'll talk about Shanghai Kate later, which I met her. Love her. She's so cute. But she recently passed. Rest in peace. R.I.P. to the homie. Um, so Sailor Jerry was well known for his designs that included like bottles of booze, snakes, wildcats, uh, eagles, falcons, birds of prey, swallows, which is like the number one, and yep. then also like pinups. Mm -hmm. So he was really well known for those. But you can always tell a sailor, a sailor Jerry like inspired tattoo or an actual tattoo of his when you see it. Um, <clears throat> but Sailor Jerry wanted one of his three proteges or his friends, which would be Ed Hardy, Mike Malone, or Zeke Owen, to take over his shop when he died. And if they didn't want to take it over, he instructed them to burn it. How sick is that? It was just a different culture then. It was. You know? It was really different. It was real rugged. It was really rugged, which is crazy because like um, the tattoo culture kind of came from that like sailor, like naval type of shit that you were talking about. So like um, in here somewhere, there is something about how the flash designs so like flash was created in order to do a design quickly with an yep. acetate so so acetates are just like little pieces of um some sort of plastic oh. right so it was kind of like a stamp and they could reuse this one design for hundreds and hundreds of people but with flash you would be able to pick from the flash they would get the acetate, they would do it, and the whole point of Flash was to do it quickly so that uh, sailors could come in, get their tattoo, and be back on the boat by the end of the day. So I think that's kind of cool. Because now it's like, I'll sit in that chair for fucking 12 hours and I hate my life. Well, and the big thing with Flash and the American traditional is it's also made to stand the test of time. So with it being simple and quick to do, it's also thoughtful in the way of aging and whatnot or... Yeah, so um, in the tattoo industry, their favorite line is bold will hold, right? Yep. So that's when they pull out that fucking uh, 
that that coil machine they just get to buzzing ah. and funny enough coil machines really haven't changed a whole lot since they really their inception. Haven't. they're still very it's an electromagnetic machine you know mm-hmm. it's insane because now they've got like the rotaries and they've even got the pens where it's like you can just be on the go you could tattoo on the like in the car if you want i've seen yep. some weird shit i have too uh joey knuckles down in columbus tattooed big me's on in a castle in scotland he That's tattooed sick. somebody on a plane i mean with that you crazy. don't need a whole setup you can fit it all like you said in a backpack yeah like i okay so we went to i was dating a tattooer for a while so we used to travel for conventions and shit and there was one time when we were in fuck where were we i want to say it was maybe baltimore and the fire alarm in the convention center went off. So everyone had to evacuate. People were mid-tattoos. And there were people that went outside and finished their tattoo or, like, kept going on their tattoo on the sidewalk. Which is, like, in infection control-wise, trash. Garbage. Absolutely. But, like, also love the hustle. Absolutely. Love it. Um, there was a time where... Do you know who Brandon Moore is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard the name. So Brandon had Brandon and Rudy. They had bought, I think it was Lyle or from uh, State Street. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Love me some Rudy. Yep. Catch up. What a guy. If he, shout if out he, Rubberneck and on Instagram. Yeah. If he hears this, catch up. It's our inside joke. Anyway, uh, so those two, I think it was Brandon. He, we were at a convention where Lyle Tuttle was there. And Lyle is also one of the, like, people that paved the way in the industry. Rest in peace, Lyle. Rest in peace, Lyle. Um, He fucking was selling... What the fuck was it? It was, like, (sighs) brass knuckles that had ink cap cartridges in it. But, like, you couldn't fit an ink cap. So it was literally, like, you just put ink in the fucking thing. Like, it was just ink to metal. First of all, the fuck? Second of all, that sound, I'll never get out of my head. But he bought these from Lyle, and we went back to the hotel, and they were tattooing each other out of this fucking brass knuckle. And it was just like, like, just hitting the metal. It was fucked. But talk about grody. But that's a story that you'll never be able to, like, live down, you know? Like, that's, like, one in a lifetime type of deal. So right. I, I know people it. who will still pull out those acetates and tattoo homies without gloves on just because part of tradition. Yeah. You know, people I mean, say infection, this and that, but before infection control, they were all right. Right. You know, they were all right. Whatever. <laughs> so another person that kind of paved the way that we kind of already mentioned was Shanghai Kate. So Shanghai Kate. She is commonly referred to as America's Tattoo Godmother. She was born in October of 1943, but she recently passed in November of 2022. She was 79, baby. Uh, so she was born in Saint, uh, Salt. Hello, she was born in Salt Lake City, Utah. She started drawing at the age of four. And as a child, she enjoyed going with her grandmother to the circus where she saw people with tattoos. She later went to art school at the Art Center College of Design and the Chunard Art Institute. I think that's how you say that. But during this time, the tattoo industry was taboo, and it was even still illegal in New York. 
And the industry was not very keen on women. Not very keen on them. So there were only other, or there were only two other female tattooers that Kate knew of at the time. One being an Australian-based uh, girl named Bev Robinson, who was also known as Cindy Ray, and England-based Rusty Skuse. So aside from her not feeling welcome in the tattoo industry, she went on to do her first tattoo for Tommy King when he was asked, or when he asked her to do so, on a regular client at Catfish Studio. And she later went on to work with Sailor Jerry. And it was rumored that they dated at one point, but I don't know if that's true. And now I'll never know. They probably banged. You never I know. I mean, you know. It's the tattoo industry. It's wild. But she was working with Sailor Jerry. And she considered him to be kind of a mentor to her. And she collaborated with many other famous tattoo artists, including Franklin Paul Rogers, Huck Spaulding, uh, Ed Hardy, Zeke Owen, and Jack Rudy. But Rudy gave her the nickname Shanghai Kate. Because she always ended up working in Chinatowns. She ran Shanghai Kate Tattoo Parlor in Austin, Texas until she passed. But I met her in Baltimore. So it was the same one where the fucking thing went off. But I met her there. And it was actually really funny because you know who... Uh, what's his fucking name? Ooh, it's, it's right there. Big tall guy. Uh, Jurassic Park. What's that motherfucker's name? That's not very specific. Big tall guy. Big awkward tall guy. Dinosaurs. Fuck. What's his... Dinosaurs? <laughs> yes. God, what's his name? Fuck, I don't know. But I met him there. Jeff. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, oh. Hello. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you guys haven't picked up already, this is our first episode that we're recording today, and we're kind of just starting to get the ball rolling well you know some people decided to go and drink last night you know look we're straight edge for life over here so i don't know about everybody else look i'm proud of you i just hey drink you, you could be proud of you too buddy it's okay one day <laughs> oh my god anyway he's just here to dog me i swear to god anyway uh so yeah i met jeff Jeff Goldblum at the fucking tattoo convention. He was there filming uh, his new series, I guess, that's on National Geographic, maybe? I think so. Not Geo? I don't fucking know. But it's like the weird, wonderful world of Jeff Goldblum or something mm -hmm. along those lines. He was filming at the tattoo convention, and I met him at Starbucks, which was fucking weird. I'm like, oh, my God. It's a hot date. Hey. He's real tall, real handsome, but real awkward real awkward but he was filming uh shanghai kate while he was there and kind of going over like the tattoo history and shit and it was so sick because i was standing on the sidelines while they were all filming that and i'm just like damn this shit's cool as fuck like that was the closest i think i've ever gotten to a celebrity but like like a you know modern day celebrity yeah i mean you sit across from me every day but you know I wish we had cameras so y'all could just see the face I made. <laughs> you wish. Oh, I know, honey. It's okay. You wish. Look, just because you've got a couple of films unspecific. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just because you got a couple of films don't mean, don't mean shit. But I digress. Okay, babe? Anywho. Jot that down. Jot it down. 
so these motherfuckers they kind of really paved the way for sure and kate is so cute and i i'm sad that she died but it was always cool going to the conventions because we always went to villain arts we just traveled with villain arts Mm -hmm. um but it was always somebody or they would all be together so it was like there was at one of the shows it was shanghai shanghai kate there was lyle tuttle and then there was someone else can't remember who the fuck but like dana brunson usually goes to all those well not all of them but most of them dana's another old head tattooer he owns designs by dana in like cincinnati like border kentucky area he's 70s i mean him and his wife used to both tattoo dana and dot great people he has the most extensive collection of tattoo history out there hmm just saying and he still tattoos I don't know. I mean, well, that's sick as fuck. But I think that Ed Hardy might have a really extensive. Oh, I'm well, sure. I'm I'm sure. Between Ed and Lyle, they both kind of have some crazy shit going on. But Lyle, he actually made it his bucket list. So it was Lyle Tuttle's bucket list that he were to get tattooed on all seven continents. And he did that right before he died, which I think is fucking lit. What a guy. What a guy. But one person that I think is kind of cool, and it's funny because, like, before I got into the tattoo industry, I really didn't know much about Ed Hardy besides, like, his, like, shitty clothing brand. Sorry. I just don't love it. It's very, like, gym bro, like. Jim tanning laundry like Guido. It, that's what that oh, gives absolutely. me. You know? It's like a, like affliction almost. I feel like they took it and they ran with it a complete opposite way. They were like, let's go towards this really cool like tattoo, you know, merch. But let's just make it as gay as possible. Yep. You know, so whoever whoever's in charge of that should probably go to jail. But I digress. Uh, Ed Hardy is kind of sick, right? So Don Ed Hardy was born in 1945. He grew up in Newport Beach, California, and as a preteen, he was interested in tattoos because one of his friend's father, uh, fathers had army tattoos, right? So this inspired him so much that he took pens and he would color on other kids in the neighborhood, kind of give them, like, just little pen tattoos. Cute, right? So... He also credits his mother who supported his work and encouraged him to follow his passions. So we love that. And that's probably why he's so successful. Because I feel like it's really hard to be successful if you don't have a good support system. Absolutely. But if you do have a good support system or no, if you don't have a good support system and you do succeed, then you did that out of spite. And I fuck with that. That's what I'm doing. So. Oh, yeah. We saw the new license plate. (gasps) Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for them to come in the mail. For now, I'm just riding around with my temps. Any hoosers. So yeah, one day you'll get your license. I've had my license. You got to be 18, though. No, look. Oh, my God. Are you, you think I'm younger than 18? Groomer. Ew. Groomer. Gross. You listen to Drake. Don't tell me about Groomer. I don't listen to Drake. I don't know what the fuck makes you think I do, but I don't. I know when I have Anyway. Any fucking way. So, Hardy, he attended the San Francisco Art Institute, and he graduated with a Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Printmaking. A little foreshadowing there. 
even though we already how, talked about how, it. How strange that, on a side note, a lot of the, you know, the people who made tattooing popular, at least in the States, all went to art school. But the big, like, no-no in, like, tattooing is going to art school before learning how to tattoo now. Isn't hmm. that weird? Hmm. I mean, I feel like I kind of... I feel like some of the greats, so like obviously our founding fathers of tattooing, they all have art histories behind them. So they all went to art school and all that, which I feel like significantly set them up further for success. Whereas you can have a tattooer like just, for example, my ex, really fucking great at what he does. He sucks as a person, really great at what he does, but he never went to art school. I will never take away his talent from him. He's good at what he does. That's fair. But so he's a he's typical also, tattooer. But he's just still like a local tattooer. Yeah. So it's like, when is that next step? Because it's not. I don't see it in the foreseeable future, especially with the way he acts. Well, I mean, it's crazy. Anywhere, anywhere you go, there's always going to be that one person who's just a local tattooer who tattoos better than a lot of these people who have yeah hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah, which totally agree. I feel like there are some cases of tattooers that really like maybe they didn't have the means to go to art school, but they've been Mm -hmm. doing art since they were a kid. So it's like, I guess it just depends on the background, you know? Yeah. Because it's weird. Like my ex, he doesn't have a history in art. It kind of started like right before I met him. He started his uh, apprenticeship, all that shit. But it was like he didn't really have an art background. Well, the thing with tattooing is, you know, like you said, some people are gifted with the art skills Mm -hmm. prior. Some people force themselves to learn how to do it through tattooing. Yeah, like that's actually really funny that you say that where like people are forcing themselves into it. I've been noticing that a lot with like a lot of my friends on the Internet. Like, I love that you're chasing your dream and shit, but it's like I've also never seen you draw beforehand. And now you're apprenticing. That kind of spooks me a little bit. Yeah. Because it's like, I know that, like, at least you're apprenticing. You're not just going straight into it. Mm -hmm. But it's also like, is this just a new hobby that you wanted to be a part of? Or, like, is this a hobby to you? Or is this something you're really passionate about? But I don't care enough to ask because I know where my loyalty lies. And I know where I go. I'm going to get work. Right. That is superb. Like, And this is where my favorite topic is. There's actually a difference between a tattooer and a tattoo artist. A hundred percent. Why don't you elaborate? So a tattooer is kind of like, you know, who we were talking about, people who get into it and learn how to draw. A lot of them generally learn how to do flash, some sort of American traditional, Japanese, I mean, walk-in stuff. That, it still obviously takes skill, but they have a template and a basis that they're going off of. I agree. And, and a lot of the stuff that they learn is art that is intentionally created to be tattooable. Agree. And that's one thing that kind of I don't want to say it drives me nuts because I know how useful it is. But like the tattooers that like cannot live without their iPad. Yes. Like that's one thing that really kind of drives me like it just itches a part of my brain that like I didn't want to be itched. It, it just like keeps eating away because it's like. If your iPad dies and you don't have the money to like replace it, can you still tattoo? Right. And th- and a lot of those same people when you give them a, you know, a piece of paper and a pencil, they cannot draw 
you know they learned how to do it on the ipad that stuff cleans up your lines for you and everything then you give them right. a piece of paper and they it looks like shit you yeah know? And it's like but if they you... can still but you know they learned how to like we we're saying tattooer they learned how to pull clean lines you mm-hmm. know not maybe tweak designs but not necessarily completely customized designs exactly and um, and, like, uh, and and they know that and they refer yeah. to themselves as tattooers you know yeah which says a lot because like you have to have the artist behind you to mm-hmm. be like well-rounded because it's like like a lot of the tattooers that i know like especially the ipad tattooers it's like i've seen them work on procreate like you could just there's like a mirroring effect you can make your little like mandala or whatever the fuck and it mirrors it so it's perfect but it's like if that died could you do that right could you do that whereas like my tattoo artist chris um like he can fully customize something on a piece of paper if he had to yeah and he and he is very much a tattoo artist yes he is very very talented so it's like it's interesting to see the dynamic between the two because it's like they exist in the same world but it's like, at what cost? Right. Well, and with tattooers you, as well. Like, are they comparable? I, I don't think they're comparable, honestly. I've, they, they both use tattooing as their medium, but they both come from... They have two different objectives, you know. With tattooers, a lot of those designs, they're done, obviously, in a simplistic form, i.e. American traditional, so that... After repetition, they can just pull it out of their head. They already know how, you know, to draw a pinup or a standard pinup, you know, maybe tweak a few things. You know, and the, ta- the, 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 the tattoo artists, I mean, a lot of them are kids who went to art school. Now, one, one thing I have seen with tattoo artists, which they do learn over time, is a lot of them want to tattoo the art that they do, but sometimes that art isn't necessarily good for tattooing, using skin as a medium. Right. Which a lot of them learn over time, you know. Yeah. So it's like stuff that fades, you know, if you're not doing outlines five, six years, it's not going to hold up like how it, you know, did when you first started it. Yeah. And that's that's for sure. And that's where I see that big divide in modern tattooing. I think a lot of it stems from the lack of knowledge as well, because it's like tattooers don't really do like the what i would say is like extracurriculars to like learn more about their field whereas like tattoo artists you know they're going to conventions they are listening to seminars they're doing whatever like whatever the case may be but it's like you can tell when somebody's a tattooer because you know that they know the basic knowledge about like tattoo needles right but tell me about their depth how far is that gonna go how do you know it's going to hold? Right. You know, because it's like tattoo ink goes into the dermis, which is the second layer of skin. And that's why, you know, your skin can be exfoliated, whatever the fuck. You're still going to have that ink, but it has to hit the dermis. So a tattooer, if they don't know needle depth, one, you could be creating tons of trauma to somebody. It could be surface level. It's going to fall out. There could be infections like you're more so just. A glorified scratcher like you're a glorified scratcher so if you don't know the proper techniques you don't know the science behind needle depths and shit like needle uh gatherings like 
all of that, like nine round liners, Groupings. stuff like that. Huh? Groupings. Yeah, whatever. So it's like, if you don't know all that shit, I'm not a tattooer, so it doesn't matter. If you don't know all that shit, it's like, how are you going to, how are you going to guarantee that your client is going to have a good result? How are you going to guarantee that you have a good name in the industry? And I do agree with that, but I also think that the other side has a similar issue as well. A lot of people, the, you know, the tattoo artists just want to tattoo what they like to draw and they want to do it off the bat. And generally, if you're going to be a tattooer, that's kind of a hard place to start because doing stuff like walk-ins or even doing American traditional, you learn a lot of the basics, you know, learning tattoo history. These help you learn some of the fundamentals that can help you then apply what you like to do in a tattooable manner. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting too the different like worlds of the different tattooing like styles. So like American traditional, you know, American traditional was like just a few colors, make that shit thick. That's that. Thick. Thick. But then it's like you go into different shit like there's realism, which I don't know how the fuck people can do realism like that in itself. If you can do realism and you can pull it off, I fear you because that is so much talent and like so much like attention to detail that I will never understand. Mm -hmm. But then it's like there's people that specialize in like sacred geometry and it's like they're cool. There are a lot of dots and stuff, so it's like it's really kind of foolproof, but you can tell like when someone can do it better. Right. And then it's more obvious. Yeah. Like you can tell like when someone's doing a mandala versus like a sacred geometry piece. You right. know, like it's it's so different. And then there's like the uh Japanese traditional, which I fuck with so heavily. I wish I would have never covered my body until I realized like what traditional japanese was it's crazy the amount of hate that goes into well at least with some modern tattooers when it comes to any sort of traditional whether it's japanese or american because it is just a compilation of the fundamentals of tattooing and a lot of them see it as oh it's cartoony it's simple it's not because if you don't execute one thing right it is the most obvious thing and the whole thing looks off yep it could be as simple as not putting enough of black in one area and then it is the most obvious thing and that's just what it is you it's know just what it is like a lot of people don't respect that because a lot of you know you get these artists who do highly complex stuff that looks great but one of the things with these big complex pieces is the more complex it is the easier it is to hide mistakes because your eyes are looking all over the place right. there are all these details you'd really have to look to see oh i made a little mistake here a little mistake there mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting, too, because, like, when you are heavily, like, uh, immersed, I guess, in the tattoo industry, you have an eye for all of that detail. So it's, like, me and you, I feel like we have a little bit more knowledge than, like, the next person because we both go to very, like, very well-known people, very talented people. We do our research. Absolutely. Um, But it's, like... You can tell, like, whenever you look at somebody's tattoos, you're like, oh, this is blown out right here. Or, wow, that shit's crispy as fuck. Like, you can tell. And I don't know, man. It's just so weird. Like, the tattoo industry is so strange. But 
like I was saying, like I love traditional like Japanese work. That is my shit. I'm a sucker for Japan, period. But you know what's funny? To tie that back into Ed Hardy, Ed Hardy was real big in like Japanese traditional work, right? So um, he was, after he like got his bachelor's of fine arts and printmaking, he was offered a full scholarship and a graduate position for a master of fine arts program at Yale. Dang. But he declined and he continued to pursue his interest in tattoos, which is sick. That's commendable. Um, Hardy apprenticed with Samuel Stewards, a.k.a. Professor Phil Sparrow. And after his apprenticeship, he studied with tattoo artist Zeke Owen in Seattle and Doc Webb in San Diego. Hardy eventually formed a relationship with Sailor Jerry, and through Sailor Jerry's connections, he began an association with Hori Hyde, who is a Japanese tattoo artist who is actually named uh, Kakimoto Hideo. I think that's how you say that. But Hardy studied, and he tattooed in Japan on and off through the 70s and the 80s. And according to him, his clientele included bikers and Yakuza members. So, for those that may not know what Yakuza is, uh, the Yakuza is pretty much like a mafia, and it's like a criminal organization. So, some would dare to call them a gang, but in Japan, still, it's, like, very frowned upon with tattooing. Like, it's, if someone sees you with tattoos in Japan, they immediately assume you're Yakuza. Well, and it's still something that is It's very taboo. And it's a very gray area when it comes to the legalities behind tattooing because it's not necessarily allowed but it's also not not allowed so a lot of you know a lot of their clientele is yakuza because it's still very an underground thing you know if you go like if you were not you and i were to go to japan there are definitely places that we are not allowed in for sure. Because it's just, it, that's just how they know it. And that's but how you know it still what's funny that you say that is that there's still places around the United States where you and I would not be able to get in. Mm-hmm. Not as taboo, but like Japan for sure. Right. <clears throat> I fuck with Yakuza though. Let's go. Shout out. I want to go to Japan so bad, but I'm terrified of planes. Really? Yeah. It's not that bad. I would need a fucking Xanax. Doesn't work. I don't know that yet. But I also don't fly. Last time I flew was awful. We were coming back from, I think it was Florida. It was either Florida or Denver. Oh. And I swear, I shit you not, I'm pretty sure I was sitting next to Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. But I was having a mental breakdown. And he offered me Skittles. And I declined because I was like, I think that's Steven Tyler and I'm embarrassing myself right now, but I cannot hold it together. <laughs> and Aerosmith actually had like a thing at the Hard Rock the next day. So I was like, I just thought it was interesting because I was like, well, one, I'm pretty sure that's him. Two, I am too fucked up right now to ask because I'm literally hyperventilating. And three, why are you sitting in coach? You gotta humble yourself sometimes. You That's know? what I was thinking. I was like, what if he's just like humbling himself? Because like, I'm pretty sure it was him. But like, what if everyone else was like, I'm pretty sure it's him. But we all just said like, we're not going to ask. You know? I don't know. <laughs> I was having a mental breakdown. A menti B, if you will. No, I used to be the same way. 
It's I had so a very bad. bad flying experience when I was about nine years old. <sighs> yeah, we flew into a storm and then had to circle back, and they ran out of gas. One of the engines <laughs> failed, and we had to coast around an airport for four and a half hours. That is my worst nightmare. Yeah, it was awful. They, they like. I'm nine years old, and we're landing, and the whole runway is filled with fire trucks because they didn't think that we had, we were able to land due to all the, you know, no gas, we had engine failure, all that kind of stuff, in the middle of a storm. It was terrible. I didn't fly for years after that. Now I'm fine. If I I die, I die. That's the spirit. Spirit (laughs) Airlines. Oh, God. (laughs) No, but... um. The first time I ever flew, because I grew up with two felonious parents, like we weren't allowed to leave the state, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, um, we were poor, so we had no way of getting anywhere. But first time I flew was with my baby daddy, and I was seven months pregnant, and we were going to Denver for a tattoo convention. And we were with a bunch of like scary tattooers, right? And one of them turns around, and he goes... Well, hey, I just want to let you know before we like get in the air, if we start going down and the plane's just going to crash, just put your head in between your knees and your your neck will break before you hit the ground. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, is that so? I'm seven months pregnant. So my head's not going that far, first of all. And second of all, why would you fucking say that? Why I, would you say that? I mean, technically, you're going to pass out before you were even close to hitting the ground. You know why they tell you to put your head in between your knees so your neck will break? Up your ass. Oh, what? They tell you to put your head in between your knees so that if the plane goes down, your neck will break. And the reason they tell you to do that, uh, because it's like quick, quotes, um, is because if you survive the plane crash, you will sue them. And they don't want that. So they'd rather you die. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Isn't that fucked? It's kind of like the whole thing (laughs) with uh, with the colored hard hats. Um, Hard hats don't actually, like, protect your head. No. It's so that if you're somewhere like in a large area, they can find your body. <laughs> I could have lived without that. I know they don't protect your head, though, because no. my stepdad is a union welder and he got injured and like almost died on the job. But like his hard hat was fucked. So I was like, what was the point of that? But also, I guess like it saved you, I guess, a little bit. I don't fucking know. I'm not a union welder, so. Oh, really? Yeah. You had me fooled. Shocker, right? I know. Tough bitch over here. Yeah. <laughs> Just because so, you have calluses on your knees and hands doesn't mean you're a union welder. Hands on my knees, shaking ass on my thought shit. Okay? So, jot that and down. And that's all for today. And that's all for today. No. So, anyway, Ed Hardy, right? So, we all know him for his clothing brand. But I like to know him for the whole, like, being into the Yakuza, like, tattooing. Like, that's prolific. Like, that's kind of tight. Because when you say you're, you're, you know, born and raised in Japan, you know that it's taboo to have tattoos. If you do, everyone assumes you're Yakuza. But it's like, if you're just some white guy and you're tattooing Yakuza, people are also going to fear you. Because right. it's like, they fuck with you, so I don't want to fuck with you type shit, you know? Right, right. So, anywho, uh, Hardy ended up, well, he became recognized for being the main influence and driver in incorporating Japanese tattoo aesthetics and techniques into American styles of work. So, in 1982, Hardy and his wife, Francesca Pasalacqua, I think that's how you say that, 
formed Hardy Marx Publications. Under this marquee, I think that is, uh, they began publishing the five-book series Tattoo Time. Hardy had published more than 25 books about alternative art, including catalogs of Hardy and Sailor Jerry's work. Um, I think that's cool. Like, people that were, like, I don't know, paving the way for tattooing, making all these books and shit, and, like, just having all these really cool, like, standout things about them, I think that's sick. Because, like, when you think about it now, like, tattooing is so mainstream that it's, like, at most we have Ink Mag, which is, like, severely biased, and, like, Fireside Tattoo Network. I don't even know what that is. Wow. Fireside's a YouTube, and, like, it's a whole online, like, catalog of, like, seminars and shit of, like, oh, okay. hey, here's how we do this type of tattooing. They'll right, do, like, right. podcasts about it and shit. It's kind of cool. Um, it's just very, like... There's no real flavor to it, in my opinion, but I'm also not a tattooer, so it doesn't apply to me, period. I still follow them and I watch some of their videos sometimes, but like, I don't know, having like a good backup education on it, I think is sick. So, Well, and there are some people still online and some book publications that are still trying to keep the history alive, like Yellowbeak out of, I'm pretty, I think they're they're either out of Florida or out of Australia. Um, They put out so many flashbooks from every, you know, American traditional old head, you know, Hawk Spaulding, like you're saying, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Al Shifley, like they still keep it alive and they still put, they put stuff out every year, really high quality stuff. And then, you know, they've got certain podcasts, um, books closed. Uh, I think it's, I think it's based out of Texas guy. Andrew just, interviews american traditional tattooers and old heads and that kind of stuff where there's a no lies just bullshit similar thing you know just still trying to keep that history alive because it seems like it's slowly starting to disappear which is unfortunate you know they're it's dying as the as the old heads go right but to be kind of off topic because what you said about books closed um not even pertaining to that in itself, but how do you feel about artists like closing their books and then like opening them for like a few days? I can't stand <laughs> that shit. I can't either. That I'm is, just trying to get tattooed, dog. Damn. It's, it's the weirdest thing that's come to tattooing, especially with the the way it started. You were walk-ins and then eventually came to appointments, but usually you were walk-ins, you know, maybe you were open on a weekly basis and you were grinding out five six seven eight tattoos a day you know now we have books closed for six months they work on one tattoo a day it's just weird that that's the landscape that we're in or same thing with like private studios or shops opening across the street from each other back in the day if a shop opened across the street without asking the other shop that shop got burned down people got the shit beat out of them like it It was was very territorial right and now it's just like everywhere you fucking look Mm-hmm. is a tattoo shop everywhere and I mean, like columbus saying, has over 200 in like a 20 minute radius dude cleveland is fucking terrible with that shit mm-hmm. like everywhere you go is like either a body rev or all tattoos or 252 yep. or whatever the fuck there's some good shops in there for sure but like um yeah like you were saying how like they'll be closed for like six months and they only work on like one tattoo a day 
in my eyes, and I'm not a tattooer, but I have a huge like work ethic. So it's like in my eyes, if I were to have like artistic ability and I were to be able to be in this like realm and like I could be a tattooer, um, I would not ever want to like just limit myself to one a day because that's so much money. Like when you think about it, like right now I'm just using my, my child's father as like an example because I know everything about him, but it's like, uh, last time I checked, like his day sessions were like six hours, like full day. It was six hours for like $1,100 or something like that. And it's like, you could work for more than that. You could do a full day session and a half day session and make what, like $1,600 that day. Right. But you'd rather just make that 1100 And it kind of... Which, I mean, that sounds a little fucked up because it's still $1,100 a day. Right. But like... It also you caps could make out more. your, I mean, chair time or learning capabilities when you're limiting yourself to like this one tattoo a day or whatnot. You know, then you're only doing, let's say you only choose to work four days a week, five days a week. That's five tattoos a week. There are people out here who do five to ten tattoos every single day you know and they're constantly like... and that's another thing with the, the the with the whole tattooer versus tattoo artist you know tattooers do generally tattoo a larger variety of things so they have to learn how to do their different categories right, so you can find and your hammering thing. out all these tattoos all the time you know doing 50 tattoos a week that kind of stuff it's all building their knowledge on tattooing and a lot of these i feel like a lot of the tattoo artists kind of get stuck in their ways because well they only do it one way or they only do one tattoo a day so that's four tattoos a week it's almost limiting your how much you can force yourself to learn right and like i'm sure you guys know because like i'm always on the internet but it's like I feel like if I'm not putting out content, I'm not bringing in any sort of monetary gain or any sort of audience. So it's like if I were to limit myself to one tattoo a day, it's like I only have one piece of content that day, you know. So it's like, I don't know. There's just something about it that like drives me nuts because like I I'm not going to say I miss like the flash days because like. Flash is hit or miss. And also it's kind of like weird being able to like match tattoos with like everyone all over the city. Mm -hmm. But I miss like that flash like ethic where it was like, let's see how many fucking tattoos we can bust out today and like just bust it out. And then there's like you do like 50. All right. So what was it Uh, like Friday the 13th? Right. Yeah. Obviously, Friday the 13th tattoos are very like minimal, very basic, I guess. But it's like. I have watched him do like 50 something of those in a day. And it's like, if you do 50 of those a day, just snap a quick little picture. That's 50 pieces of content. But if you want to do one tattoo a day, granted, it's probably going to be lit because you're putting a lot of time and effort into it. It's probably super detailed. It's going to be a good piece of content, but you're severely like shorting yourself. I'm a firm believer of like, If you have content, monetize it. Like, monetize everything you do in your life. So, if you're limiting yourself to one picture, it's probably still going to be lit, but, like, you could be doing so much more. Some of these artists who work on one tattoo a day, I mean, granted, some of them do bigger projects, but sometimes they don't even finish it in that amount of time. Yeah. So, it's like... I have tons of unfinished work. That's... As a client, that's 
frustrating having unfinished pieces that mm-hmm. you know that like the, you can't even well, get in artist, for six months right right <laughs> and then they only want they work on it for a few hours and it's still not done you got to come back and then you wait a few months i mean in my eyes at least i don't i don't think that's a that's not how i would want to represent myself if right. i were a tattooer right you know but i mean like i get it like if you're a tattooer no if you're a tattoo artist right and you've got plenty of people that are trying to get work from you if you limit yourself to one a day not only are you shorting yourself on content and like shit like that but it's also like i get it you want to have a social life you want to have a personal life but it's like why limit yourself to one tattoo a day just so you can go home and do whatever or go grocery shopping when it's like you could bust out a few one day and then you could take like maybe thursday off friday off whatever if you're your own like independent contractor you make the rules as long as you pay your rent. So it's like, why not try to keep yourself as busy as possible so that you can take more days off if you need to? Right. You know? Absolutely. And back to the whole, you know, books closed or only being able to work on part of a piece for six hours and then you're done for the day. I've got people, I've got friends who have, been tattooed by certain people and the reason they don't finish their tattoos from these people is because it's well they have to wait six months for the books to open up and when their books open up for two days generally they're going to get lost in the mix so now they have these that tattoos and it's like that, what if at that one point for those two days i don't have a deposit to send you but i'll have it in a few days right you know and then you just get in this the, the loop it. of not having you know i've got a buddy who's got a a whole front panel that just needs one more session and he hasn't been able to get in with this guy for three years now because of that whole yeah oh we only book twice a year and when you do that you just get flooded with stuff yeah so it's like now you're being flooded and like if your books are closed and then you open it for a few days or whatever that i feel like you feel like you're helping yourself out but you're overwhelming yourself you're overwhelming your clients like i just I feel like that's not the right business move. But again, this is not my business. Right. So it's like operate how you wish, I guess. But it's just like from a business standpoint, like how, how I said, I have like an insane work ethic. Like I got one good thing from my dad and it was my work ethic. But it's like I can't imagine. I'd rather like today for every, anyone that's listening, we're recording like six episodes today. So it's like I'd rather book my day like this so that I can take the next few weeks and just chill if I have to granted I don't want to I want to have more days like this so it's like content 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 but it's like I don't know if you close your books you're just going to overwhelm yourself so you're fucking yourself in the end right truthfully right or you you have all this power to get all this money keep yourself busy but you want to close because it is going to piss people off a lot of people are pissed off. I know plenty of people that are pissed off because they can't get in with somebody. Right. Especially one person that I think we're both talking about. That's, yep. Yep. Which, you know, hey, if that's your, you know, you do you. If that's your, if that's how you like to do things, then like you do you. I'm not a tattooer, but that's not right. my kind of tattooing. Right. If I was, though, you know, I would capitalize off of it. Right. You know, I'm going Absolutely. to. And plus, like, obviously... There are people that are like this that close their books for however long. Um, Very talented. So it's like, I know you have it like that. But it's like, if you aren't talented or as talented as someone and you're still doing this shit of closing your books and all that, 
you are not giving yourself the opportunity to get more traction, to get more experience, to further your education in this subject. It's like you're kind of stunting yourself. Right. Personally, that's just a hot take. And it's also diff- it's also strange because, the you know, with the whole books close thing, um, it's a lot different in America compared to like Europe. Like recently I got tattooed by Felix from Germany mm-hmm. and granted, you know, you had to book an appointment with him a couple months in advance because he was traveling, but he did like three to four tattoos every single day he was here for like weeks and he's a books closed guy. Now, granted that's because he's busy, but regardless of where you are in the mix, he responds to your emails. I feel like a lot of people here, their books closed and then they see some stuff that they like to do. And everyone else just kind of gets ignored, you know? And I think that's kind of one of those things, too, where it's like a lot of the books close people here. Like, they only do shit by email so that you can filter it out without hurting somebody's feelings by leaving them unseen. Right. You know? So it's like, it's kind of a weird dynamic. Yeah. I don't know if I fuck with it, but I mean, I'm going to still get tattooed. Right. I'm just going to be mad about it. It, it, (laughs) It is just so strange seeing how tattooing in america is compared to you know other countries you know we can have the same thing books closed you know only book every six months but the work ethic is completely different Mm -hmm. you know america's got a lot of people have this huge ego you know (laughs) you go to other countries a lot of them don't have a huge ego they're just busy and they're Mm -hmm. just normal fucking people which i respect that so much like i know so many tattoo artists and you do too but i know so many that are even like really big ticket artists and shit and it's like the egos like all right there's a couple of people that i know that have terrible terrible fucking egos but then there's people like flocks right flocks is i don't know if his books are closed or not but like he will go to a tattoo convention he'll do whatever the fuck he wants he'll smoke in the convention center like does not give a fuck but he'll bang out tattoo after tattoo after tattoo after like just keeps going. And his minimum is $500. Right. It takes him like maybe 30, 45 minutes to do one like money bag. So like every 45 minutes you're making $500. And that dude just does not give a fuck. But he doesn't change. He doesn't care. He's never cared. He will never care. And it's just like he's I don't want to say he's humble because he's he's just kind of one of those dudes that's just always fucking high. But he's chill as fuck. But um. Then there's people from, like, our local town that, like, aren't even that good that have the ego of a fucking, like, I, their heads are huge. So huge. I just can't. They have to buy all these crazy things and flaunt this and flaunt that. New tennis chains, like, fucking cars on bags and shit. Like, why'd you need that? It's, it's. It's weird. You think you pulling up in that right-hand drive car on bags is going to make me have to get tattooed by you? Right. Is that is that what makes you a good tattooer? You being in that foreign JDM car like and it, it it's that? weird cuz I feel like there's a lack of love for the craft and more of a love for the money that comes yes. with it. Yes. They want the lifestyle. Yep. But they don't they don't really love the craft. They know enough to get them by. Right. And they know it's quick money because everyone wants to get tattooed. It's kind of like 
And some of those people still, you know, do good tattoos. They do. Like the couple that I'm thinking of right now, mm -hmm. really great at what they do. But God damn, the ego is going to kill them before anything. Yeah. So it's like you're stunting your own growth. It's it's very hard in this day and age to find people who genuinely care about tattooing, not just the fact that they make money off of it. Exactly. It's, It's... Oh, I care about tattooing because I make this much money. Not right. I care about tattooing. All right, I do make really good money, but right. it's about the tattooing. And that's also I feel like that ties into like the work ethic of banging out lots of tattoos in a day. Right. Like if you're going to bang them out, you should care about them, you know? But right. like there's like a happy medium that is just like so hard to find. But like my tattoo artist, you know, mm-hmm. um he is so talented and he really does love the craft. So it's like I know that I can always trust him to have my best interest in mind because we did that episode with Rachel a couple of episodes ago and she was supposed to get tattooed by him the day prior to that. But he told her that he was going to reschedule it because he didn't understand her injury and he didn't want to like create any further problem. So it's like, that's fucking sick. That's rad of you. I mean, it sucks, you know, having to reschedule, but also, the fact that you care about somebody's well-being over the quick money. Yeah. You know, that Absolutely. speaks volumes. So. And there are also a lot of tattooers who won't, who, you know, there are some people who'll be like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't get this. You don't seem sound. And some of them are like, fuck it. Let's just go. Yeah. You like know? run it. Which is. You know, that's odd. another good little question that I just thought of. How a lot of tattooers have like. They have, like, standards or, like, I won't do this, I won't do that. What do you feel about the people that will just, like, okay, say you're looking at me, I have no tattoos, but I come in, I want a face tattoo. How do you feel about the tattooers that are just, like, yeah, fuck it, let's run it. That's your first tattoo, let's run it. Do you respect I personally, that no? I personally can't stand that shit. I feel like it's something that... It's like a rite of passage. In it my is brain. a rite of passage. And anyone who's... Anyone who's willing to do that, I don't quite feel like you care about tattooing it's just the money it, it is just the money because i mean i pretty much every tattoo artist that i know they will not just run a face tattoo unless you have put in work on the rest of your body somewhere or even like hands and neck a lot of Same. them won't yeah, do that job either stoppers. yeah but there are a good bunch who'll be like oh this is your first tattoo we're putting it on your hand fine like right oh granted, your first tattoo is a throat period. right and granted we are in a day and age where it is significantly more acceptable than even when we were growing up but there were still a lot of people still experience difficulties you and i have not had any issues whatsoever thankfully yeah but that's also you know based on the the paths we took when it come to career and whatnot true and i think it it speaks volumes to like our work ethic because it's mm-hmm. like our tattoos won't stop us i mean i'm a teacher right like Tell me how many teachers you know that have face tattoos. Exactly. None. <laughs> exactly. But it's like the fact that I go so hard for my career and I do the damn thing every day. I'm reliable. It just spoke volumes for them. Or know? even... And I feel like it's not even just the... Having a lot of tattoos to be able to get like, oh, hands, neck, face, that kind of stuff. It's also age because there are a lot of kids who are... 18 19 years old who have so many <laughs> tattoos do you think we should up then, that limit and then they want to you know do their hands neck and face i didn't do any of that stuff until i was in my mid-20s like 23 was when i got my hands didn't do my neck till i was 
24, 25, and then face was after that, you know. Do you think if we should up done... the, the legal limit for tattooing? I think so. Absolutely. I do too, personally. 100%. When was your first tattoo? How old were you? 18. 18? Yep. My mom wouldn't let me do it until I was able to do it on my own. Damn. My dad paid for my first tattoos when I was 17. Yeah. My mom paid for my first one. Period. And now look at you looking like a felon. I know, right? Felonious. I love those Sears pictures your mom made you take. Oh, they're... Oh, my God. It's giving Kmart, and I love it. (laughs) Anyway, so um, back to Ed Hardy real quick. We can kind of go off of, like, how he got into the, the, the merch, I guess. It's it's real unfortunate that Ed Hardy is kind of seen, at least in my eyes, I see him as, a, oh, that's like that gas station cologne. Yeah, it gives me corny, but it's like he was such a prolific person in this industry. So it's like, and a lot that of people, hurts kind of. And the fact that people know him for, unfortunately, where his merch is quality wise compared to what he actually did for tattooing. Right. I mean, did you know that? Uh, Ed Hardy and two other people. So it was EEE, Ed Hardy, Ed Nolt, and Ernie Carafa. They are the ones that put together an influential tattoo convention for the first time on the Queen Mary in 1982. Huh. First tattoo convention was because of the EEE. <laughs> That's what they called themselves. So uh, Ed Hardy retired in 2009, but he still owns... Uh, Tattoo City, which is a studio that is in San Francisco. But in the early 2000s, Hardy licensed KUUSA Incorporated to produce a clothing line based on his artwork. Hardy and KUUSA formed Hardy Life, which is now Hardy Way LLC, which owns the Ed Hardy brand and the trademarks. So... Now there's like a whole different entity that owns his artwork, but it's still based on his artwork, but they just took it and they didn't execute it properly is my personal belief. Nope. So, but then there's Lyle Tuttle, which we kind of, we kind of touched on him a little bit, but I think he's prolific enough to kind of give him a little bit of spotlight real quick. But so Lyle Gilbert Tuttle was born October 7th of 1931 in Iowa And he passed March 26th of 2019. So I met him, I think it was 2018, mid-2018. But he was an American tattoo artist and historian uh, historian of the median. What the fuck is this? Hold on. My shit just tweaked out. All right. So he is a historian of the medium who had been tattooing since 1949. He has tattooed Janis Joplin, Cher, uh, some other people that I don't know, like Joe Baker, Paul Stanley, Jeff Scranton, and many other American musicians, actors, and celebrities. But Lyle grew up in California to his parents that he described as, quote, conservative Iowa farmers living in California, but they allowed him to have his own head, end quote. Um, at the age of 14, on a trip to San Francisco, he bought his first tattoo for $3.50 which is now the equivalent of $50. Uh, And that was a heart with the word mother in it. Uh, The old school. The the classic. Yep. So 1949, he had began tattooing professionally. And in 1954, he opened his own studio in San Francisco. 
The first shop was open for 35 years. Lyle did work on all seven continents, and he was tattooed in six continents and never knowingly tattooed a minor. Never knowingly. Uh, but his fame within the United States uh, tattoo world was quite controversial, as many tattoo artists of his day disliked his statements to the press and shameless self-promotion, so they hated his promotion. But when he was on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine in October of 1970, Sailor Jerry himself put the picture inside of his toilet. He just took the picture, threw it in the toilet. <laughs> he said, fuck him. He said, fuck Lyle. But Tuttle taught seminars in tattoo machine maintenance and machine building at tattoo conventions throughout the United States. His first shop... <coughs> Hello? His first shop when working for Burt Grimm was at 16 Cedar Way, Long Beach, California, on the Pike. After tattooing in Anchorage, Alaska and Fairbanks, uh, Tuttle opened up a shop in 1960 in San Francisco, right? So he worked for 29 and a half years until the 1989 Loma Prita earthquake that caused the building to be yellow tagged, which means like, Whenever there's an earthquake or some sort of natural disaster, they mark all the buildings with different colors of like, is this salvageable? Is this not? Is this a goner type okay. shit, right? So it was yellow tagged. Um, but he reopened the shop soon after on Columbus Street and operated as a tattoo studio and a museum for the time. He officially retired in 1990, but often appeared at tattoo conventions. I met him. And he would occasionally tattoo his signature on a friend or an acquaintance. So he tattooed a swallow, I think, on Brandon Moore. He said it was the shakiest shit he's ever dealt with. But he was also old. Right. But he fulfilled his bucket list of tattooing on all seven continents on January 21st of 2014. What a guy. What a fucking guy. See, we need... We got to keep that alive. Right. He was like, I want all seven continents under my belt. And he did that. And then he was like, all right, I'm done. You're about there yourself. What? Rude. <laughs> I'm a vampire. Oh, yeah. We can tell. First of all. You're sucking the life out of me right now. Literally. I was like, as soon as I got here, I'm like, Dan, turn all the lights off. <laughs> all right. But first of all, this is so off topic. But like. Lamp supremacy. Okay. I hate an overhead light. Oh, yeah, mine are... That shit is trash. Your yeah. overhead light is, is trash. Awful, awful. especially no when offense. downstairs in my living room. It is 10 out of 10 the worst thing ever. Yeah, we need to fix that. Yeah. Huh. Put yeah. some LEDs in there. Make it more ho like more homey, more yeah. cozy. It just needs to get ripped out. It need to put something else in. I just can't stand an overhead light. Like, that's yeah. trash. Uh, it just makes me so sick. Everything makes you sick. Oh, well, I am a medical anomaly. You can say that again. You're a petri dish. <laughs> Shut up. Be nice to me. Anyway. Oh, did somebody get your feeding turn? But I think it's interesting how far tattooing has come. Because it started in such a, like, badass way. And it seems like now it's just, like, bitch made. It's this weird... <laughs> it's... It's weird that we have such a reform on something that, like you were saying, was so taboo, and now it is trying to be a safe space, in, in a sense. It's just, out of all things, like, why why was tattooing picked for that, you know? 
yeah i don't know i think it's, it's interesting it's kind of like how oh it's not even kind of comparable but it's like we fought so hard for so many things in history like women's rights right mm-hmm. like we fought so hard for work weeks and to be able to vote and shit like that and now it's like we don't we don't even want to fucking do this right but it's like we fought so hard for tattooing well they fought so hard for tattooing they made it so that it wasn't taboo so that we could do this so that we can make it mainstream nobody could be judged type of shit and now it's like we're taking it for granted so much absolutely like we took their hard work and we ran with it and now it's like we've got scratchers all over the place yep we've got people giving people MRSA like shops that don't even know like what an autoclave is or even the standards of tattooing now you know like you're saying like a basic infection control (laughs) yep it's it's weird and it's so weird too because there's so many different types of tattooing like obviously what we know is like our modern day tattooing like with our machines whether it be a rotary or coil or whatever but then there's like stick and poke and then there's like oddly popular and then there's like uh i always get the two mixed up and i know you're about to fuck me up because there's one where you tie somebody up but then there's another one where you tattoo someone it's either tabori or shibori (laughs) Yeah, Shibori is the tying people up. Oh, how do you know that? <laughs> Whoa, hey. <laughs> anyway, <Patreon>. yeah, so <laughs> Tabori, right? So Tabori is like the, um, uh, it's more of like a cultural thing, right? Yeah. So we've got that. But even then, it's like that is done in such a way that it's like that's even more respectable and like more like done more professionally than like some scratcher or what kills me is the 16, 17 year olds that I see on TikTok that bought a tattoo kit on Amazon. Yep. Oh my God. It makes me so sick. And there's this weird cultural fascination with having a lot of small shitty done house tattoos. It's like a trend now. Why? Like, I can't. I think everyone has to have at least one bad tattoo to understand tattooing and learn and, and learn to educate themselves. It's just part of the process. I know you and I both have shitty tattoos. There, there's a couple. You know, you gotta learn. Exactly. You yeah. start somewhere. Um, but the fact that people are getting shitty tattoos as a preference is mind boggling. Doesn't make sense. Mind boggling. Like the people that I see on uh, on TikTok, Instagram, whatever, that are like doing these shitty like patchwork stick and pokes and shit on their friends, just covering an entire limb it's like why also you brought up my least favorite term that has randomly popped up in the past six months patchwork tattoos ah yeah i i don't know if y'all understand but that's just getting tattoos patchwork is not necessarily a term it's just getting tattoos that's what it is patchy (laughs) like it's just like when you get an American traditional sleeve. You get a bunch of tattoos, and then you do some weird fill in the middle. You know, It's not patchwork. It's just getting tattoos. But now we have this, oh, patchwork sleeve this, patchwork sleeve that. You're just getting tattoos. You're getting a collection of tattoos. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Because I feel like patchwork can go in so many like, different directions. Like There's people like... I forget what his name is, but he does tattoos that are like the style of like an actual like embroidered patch. And that's and what I thought it was that when people could be are bringing like it up. So it's right. like, I feel like it's a term that's so misconstrued. 
and it just popped up i swear in the past six months i swear to god it did never heard of it before now everyone's like oh patrick sleeve this patrick sleeve like it's hard out here for a pimp you know it really is these new age kids they're killing me I'm Educate like, yourself. For the like love now of we're God. like in our 30. Well, you're 30. I'm not. So we're just about 30. I'm just about 30. Um, but it's like, are we old and jaded now or are we just right? Yep. I think we're right. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> We've turned into the people that we didn't like when we were kids. Damn. That sucks. But it's also like now I get it. Like how we view like older it. people and adults. And when we were kids, we are turning into that. And they think that about us. It's so weird, though. Because it's like, damn. I get it now. Fuck them kids. Fuck them kids. They're so stupid. They are. But I digress. Anyway. So, yeah. That's tattooing. That is tattooing. It has come such a long way. And also... So... When it comes to tattooing... Obviously, it was a male... Still is a rather male-dominated industry... But back in the day, if you were a female in tattooing, it was a big deal because all the men knew that if you were fucking around, they'd beat your ass. Yeah. That was the thing. If you were a female in tattooing, you had to match that same energy. And we do still have some of that around, but we have a, a, a lot of tattooers, male, female, whatnot, who don't carry that energy and then they run into that issue and they want to talk about it online or this and that and have it be a safe space it's like this is how it's always been it is a dog eat dog world like and that's exactly and that's another thing you know you're you're fighting to be better Safe space is like right like the whole point of tattooing uh, is you're you're not fighting to share the landscape you're fighting to take over the landscape so if that means you gotta tell people to get fucked then you gotta tell people to get fucked Right. So it's like when it when people say like tattooing is like their safe space or it is a safe space, whatever. I personally feel like your safe space within the tattooing realm should be within your shop, within your own right area. That should be your safe space. Your client should always feel safe with you. You should feel safe while you're tattooing. You should feel safe with your coworkers. But in the grand scheme of things, you, it's a doggy dog world. Absolutely. So you have to know how to hold your own. You have to know how to protect your neck because like. If you get complacent with just being like, oh, yeah, I'm a tattooer that does, like, flowers or whatever, fine. That's great. Love that. You probably do amazing work. But it's like, at the end of the day, what if you run into, you know, some beef with somebody else? Like, can you hold your own? Like, Right. Can you hold your own or can your work hold your own for you? Can your work speak for itself or... And that goes back to the whole iPad tattooing. It's like, can your work really... Like, can it speak for itself or do you need the iPad to help you? Right. It's, I could go on forever with like tattoo talk. I really could. Me too. But before we go, unless you have anything else to say, I want to know your worst. another four hours. I know. know? (laughs) I want to know your worst tattoo. Like visually, physically, paint, like paint. Are we talking like worst looking? The worst looking. Um. The most just garbage. Probably the first tattoo I got. Yeah? What was it? Yeah. It's this weird, I, I was 18. I wanted something meaningful. Gross. Yeah, I know. So I, I, I picked some weird, like, I don't know, fancy looking rock and then put like my grandpa's name on it with a Canadian maple leaf. Super corny. Super corny. Went to a shop that 
was probably good for i don't know your standard like walk-in 90 shop definitely not a good tattoo Period. whatsoever it 100 percent garbage i still have it i love that for you because i have means. that i, I have that something. memory mm-hmm. i probably won't ever cover it up might blast over it but never fully cover up a tattoo i am not i have one cover-up and that's because i went to body rev and say less i got MRSA at body rev i love that for you yeah I know people who got MRSA going to like drop dead and been to drop dead quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah. This kid I went to school with got this big portrait of Kobe Bryant on his thigh and uh, got MRSA and was in the hospital for like three weeks. Couldn't walk. That's at a shop. Yeah. So that just goes to show how important it is to have proper education. Right. Like you can't just hop into tattooing. You really can't. Like, statistically, like, physically, maybe it might be easy if, like, you've got a steady hand, you work with the machine for a little while, you might be able to just hop into it. But, like, if you don't know the dangers of, like, bloodborne pathogens and shit, it's like, yeah. you have no business. If you don't know how to spell maticide, if you don't know how to spell barbicide, none of that, right. like, then you have no business talking to me. Well, and it's it's strange that we have all these with tattooing and getting these kids getting into tattooing we have all these puppy mills that just you yeah. know like we've got body rev That's all the tattoos which I've is the same thing you've got you know drop dead you've got i mean even some people i know who've been tattooing for a long time and own nice shops they're slowly turning into puppy mills so like well i have enough artists here Making enough money, I'm going to take on three apprentices. If you take on three, if one person takes on three apprentices, you're not, they're not learning what they need to learn. No. So then you're just breeding these, all right, maybe they turn into okay tattooers, you know, but like we were saying, body rev, two weeks there. As long as you went to high school for art for one year, you can start tattooing three weeks later. And that is not. Yeah. Now we have a lot of that. We sure do. Keep spreading. And then it's these people crazy. leave these places and can just open a shop. Well, here's the thing, though, depending on where you come from, because Body Rev actually got in a lot of trouble. Um, they had a no compete clause that was yep. like within however many. I forget how many. Yeah, within 20. No, I think it was within within 30. You can't tattoo within 30 miles of all tattoo. Which or is Rev. insane, because if you think about like a no compete clause, because I work in the beauty industry, so we kind of have the same thing sometimes mm-hmm. with within spas or whatever um it's like if like legally if there is a no compete clause where your specific career you are not able to perform it within 30 miles of um whatever spa or tattoo shop or whatever the fuck um that is so illegal because that is your career that you now cannot provide for your family and you can't you don't have the means to just up and leave right you can't move further so the owner of my ex's shop actually took body rev to court, sued him and got like, I think it was like 200,000 or something like that. Yeah. Spent all of it to open his shop now. And now he just employs assholes. Well, and a lot of these, and that's how they keep getting these young kids in. Cause they sign a contract and they don't understand. Yeah, that, Cause they that don't know the are, severity of it. They don't understand that you signed a contract. You're 1099. It's a, it's a right to work. Ohio's a right to work state. So whatever bullshit they say about not tattooing is not legal, but if they're like, oh, we'll take you to court, a lot of these young kids aren't going to want to dish up the money to fight it back. 
I want to say real quick for anybody that might be listening, and if you've made it this far, love you. But if anyone, if you ever go to like work for anybody and they have a no compete clause, don't be afraid. Knock Do not them. be afraid. Just knock them the fuck out. A no compete clause will not hold up in court unless it is like a very understanding one where it's like you can't work within five miles of this shop, right? Because right. then at that point, you can go five miles the other direction and be fine. Right. But like, 30 miles that is ridiculous that is that impedes on your entire life do not be afraid of a no compete i don't give a fuck about a no compete because nine times out of ten if somebody takes you to court over a non-compete you're gonna win right because it's bullshit but i digress that's a hill i will die on and it's sad that that happened especially with the body rev all tattoos because i can't the owner fuck Fuck Jay. Hey, Jay, if you're listening, go fuck yourself. Um, Period. So his dad was the one who started the body rev and all tattoo. And he did a lot of things to make tattooing more accessible and legal in Ohio. You know, it hasn't been super legal in Ohio for a very long time, honestly. And he was a, he was a good tattooer, um, but his son jay's a piece of shit and he's they have the same name but he's a junior so he signed all of the paperwork and had everything switched into his name so he took the business from his dad and then turned it into whatever bullshit Fucking it is now puppy mill. yeah Just it's sad go to body rev if you want to get mercy or get tattooed by god it's like going to get a stick and poke from a house but you're paying money for it my worst tattoo ever that I have is from one of my like very first ex-boyfriends. He was apprenticing there. It's awful. God awful. Yep. I told uh, I told him no. He actually told me that he would fix it one day. I said I'd rather cut my leg off. Now yeah. I'm covering it. <laughs> yeah, I covered mine. I got it and covered it like six months later. It was a dumb idea. Yep. Pay for I'm quality. Just, I'm just covering my whole leg. I don't. I'm over it. Fuck it. Just cut it off. Just cut it off. You don't need it. Lieutenant Dan. Ain't got no legs. Anyway, so with that being said, that was uh, the tattoo industry. Where it started and where it's at now. And how we feel about it. And how we feel about it. We did not hold back. Nope. But with that being said, um, thanks for listening to today's episode of Sketchfest. If you would like to follow us on all of our social media platforms you can do so at sketchfest podcast on what do we have we've got tiktok instagram facebook youtube even if you want but our most important is that we are on spotify so find us on spotify sketchfest yay and then also if you want to be a part of sketchfest please send us an email with your sketchy stories to sketchfestpodcast at gmail.com thank you